How do you get rid of a money monster? Did you even know you had one? I'm connected today with Margana Ray, who's the international number one best-selling author of Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation, a thought-after teacher, speaker, and pioneer in personal development. She's widely regarded to be the world-leading relationship with money coach. Our conversation today is about how do we really tame that monster, identify if we have it, and come up with the steps to actually attack it. So tune in. You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Money bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together but just don't quite know how? I am with you, I've been there, I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow System, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting and who likes that budgeting thing anyway. You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Hey, Money Bosses. Annie's here, and welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. Most of the conversations I have with clients are normally centered around the hardcore numbers of our finances, okay? That's the financial planning piece. How much money we need to save for retirement? How much money we need to save for a kid's education? How do we pay the debts off? How do we reallocate our portfolio? And so a lot of these questions that are on your mind are always coming down to like, okay, what's that number? What do I need to do? And on this episode, I wanted to take our focus into a little bit of a different direction and focus on the softer side of this conversation, the actual relationship we have with the money that we may not be aware of, or we are. Um, And so our guest today is Margana Ray, author of Financial Alchemy. She's a relationship money coach who gives us healthier and more productive approach to handling that relationship with money. So first of all, Morgana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Anna. And before we dive in, I just want to say I love the name Money Boss because so many people feel like money victims. Hmm. And really, my intention from this whole conversation is for you to have feel more powerful, like... uh, like the ball is in your court, you're the gatekeeper for how much gets to come in instead of like just, oh, please rescue me. Why isn't the money here kind of 
why does it come and go like a bad boyfriend kind of thing? And you also talked about setting numbers. I think having tangible numbers is super useful because soon as we get specific with a number, it's like our subconscious just starts going to work to, to like, so how do we make it happen? So having, having, there's something magical Mm -hmm. about having a specific target. So even on an inner game perspective, which is where I like to play, especially right now on, on our conversation, um, language words have power specificity has power and and what you're doing is a little bit magical too yeah i appreciate that and i think we definitely can go into that direction so again i'm excited for for you to join us today i think it would be helpful for for all of our listeners to uh, get to get to know you a little bit so could you share with us how you actually got interested in this topic Well, it's funny. It's not where I started by any long shot. I mean, I got a degree in religion from Smith College. So like making money was not the top priority. Uh, But I became a life and a business coach 27 years ago, back in the Paleolithic era when dinosaurs roamed the earth. I was a coach primarily in the entertainment industry with, you know, movie stars and producer and director clients. And what I have seen is that wherever you are on the economic spectrum, money is a thing, is an issue, is a challenge. I've coached clients with hundreds of millions and billions of dollars who have financial anxiety and drama and it's and loads of fear. So, you know, it's very easy when we don't have any to think that money will solve everything. It solves a lot, but we bring ourselves. It's the same relationship, no matter what, you know, how big the account is. So what I really want is a sense of ease. I want you to have more than enough so that you can devote your life and attention to love, a great lifestyle and legacy, making the world a better place. So that is my definition of financial abundance is the freedom to not be distracted by money, to not be worried about money so that you can just play in the world of love, lifestyle and legacy wherever you are. But I got into this because no matter what a person's circumstances look like, money is the number one excuse that human beings give for what we can't have, do, or be. Mm -hmm. Whether we don't have enough or we're afraid of losing it. And And then it can really corrupt relationships. I've had clients who became wildly, wildly rich. Yay! And then all of their friends morphed into like hat in hand, gimme, 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 and they became banks instead of love for themselves, which is also awful. So that, that is like a very um, fancy level of poverty too. So that's, that's also another thing that we, we is not good enough. Um, the reason I was really interested in speaking to your audience and being on your show is your emphasis on family and parenthood, which I think is, is a really big deal because I inherited all of my worst limiting beliefs and fears and negative money dynamics from my dad. Huh. And that's your mom. No, not really. Those are different. I, I think I was just closer to my dad. Okay. Um, it, I, my dad was a depression era baby. So all that fear and scarcity uh, oh, you can't say no to a client and, you know, and all that, all that fear kind of stuff uh, I got from him. And he died two years ago being owed millions of dollars that he was too embarrassed to collect. Mm-hmm. So now my stepmother is like dealing with the mess and I love her. I love my dad too, but I inherited all of his mess. Mm-hmm. And The reason I talk about that is, well, on the plus side, he inspired the work that I do now because 
I was going down a really bad experience where with the education, with the clients, with the testimonials, with the marketing, with applying myself 24 seven to building my business and doing everything right, taking the classes, having the coaches, doing everything I was told to do, doing it very, very well, getting mountains of testimonials. This was before I was doing money. I was doing entertainment and I was getting all these clients without credits and getting them booked on, you know, starring roles, TV series, movies, awards, writers, directors, selling their films, all that. I was like, and at the same time, I was living in Los Angeles, struggling to make a hundred dollars a month, which is insane. And especially when I was doing all the right stuff, I ran out of right stuff, things to do. And it was just a very hopeless situation. Now I say that because, um, we as adults, we learn to tolerate and manage a lot of stuff. And we can get by. Or in that case, I was in that moment thinking I just didn't want to live and came very close to a very dangerous thing. Uh, but when we look at our babies and our children, we will do anything and everything to protect them and make sure that that doesn't happen to them. That's true. Right? There's, there's no motivation on earth greater than I want to save you from this pain. Like I went through it so that you don't have to, and damn it, I will do everything to end this pattern now. Mm -hmm. You know, for anyone who came from a background of abuse and trauma, it ends with our generation. We don't pass it on to our kids. So what I want to teach you how to do in our little bitty time together is how to change your own relationship with money so that you don't pass on your monster to your kids. It doesn't matter what you tell your kids. And I say this as a daughter, no matter what you tell us, we follow in your footsteps. It's your being mm. and, and from your being, your doing, your fears, your feelings. That's what we learn. That's what we, that's what we mimic. We can't help it. Even if we know better, we're going to turn into you anyway. So let's, let's create something we want to pass on. I love that. And I, I you know, being a new mom myself, um, I could, and we talk about this quite a bit with my husband, but, and, and, and honestly, I do have those fears. Now that I look, my son is two and a half. Now I, you know, like things becoming more real, you know, like you kind of come out of the baby phase and you're like, okay, well, it's, it's, it's real, it's happening. And you're like, okay, so what's the next phase in terms of what do we want to give him? And I look at us, um, being, you know, completely different people. Maybe that's why we're, you know, attracted to each other and been together for a while. But I mean, one of the things he highlights about his, you know, his, his feelings and not around money, but just in general, but he always has this fear of worrying. He's, he, he says that a lot. He's like, I worry about my, my family and my parents and all of these things. So, and I think of it, I'm like, I don't have that. Like, it's not that I don't worry, but that's not the, the feeling that constantly runs in the back of my head. Right. Um, and so, I'm, I'm sure that, that these are the kinds of things that you're talking about, right? In terms of like being maybe a worry kind of person versus someone who is not. And so um, I wanted to- In a in corporation, by the way, it's because I think that that's part of, and, and I'm going to make a really like hard turn for a second into relationship coaching, which I then applied to relationship with money. But one person being the worrier so the other person doesn't is kind of part of the contract of your relationship with your husband. Every corporation needs the black hat that goes, what if this happens? So, oh, we're going to take out homeowner's insurance. It's really useful to have, we need to have the black hat. Mm -hmm. Who is, and by the, and by the, it's great that it's your husband because Men need, it's like part of, and I don't know if it's nature or nurture, but 
uh, men are the protectors. And so your husband pro- worries because that is his heroic role of protection and keeping you safe. It's, it's the way he expresses love. So I'm not going to make it a bad thing, but you also don't want to make big decisions based on fear because they tend to be impulsive. They tend to be short-sighted. They tend to not be great decisions. Right. And that's maybe why in our relationship and also like, again, thinking now uh, about the next generation is if he's more in, on the side of the worry and the protector, I'm more of, okay, if that when, whenever the event is going to occur, yes, we have a plan how to attack it, but I'm, I guess I call myself more of a practical person. So I'll deal with it as it happens, right? And so um, it, it's, it's just interesting to see that dynamic. And as you said, that our kids are going to inherit these things from us. So I'm like, well, which one do I want them to inherit? <laughs> well, and by the way, everything that I'm going to talk about and teach here can be used by your husband. I, you know, I, I tend to talk a lot to women because uh, I lead my goddess retreats for women only, no boys allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've, I've been coaching men for 27 years. I love men. And so it's good to be like my husband obsessively checks the front door and the back door every night. That's his job. <laughs> not, I didn't give him that job. That is just, nothing is going to keep him from doing that because that's just how he was raised and how he's built. Make sure everything is locked. He's out of town. He calls me to make sure that I'm checking the front and the back door and won't get off the phone until I do. So, but what we don't want is worry that is rooted in, and this is where we get into relationship with money, is our relationship with money is a mirror of our relationship with life and ourselves. And anything that has ever made us feel unloved, unworthy, or unsafe. So what we don't really want is operating and passing on to your kid that the world is not safe. Now, we want your child to be reasonable and aware and to look both ways before crossing the street. But we, the greatest gift that you can ever, ever, ever give your child is a sense of resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. That whatever comes up, I can meet it. Whatever it is, I can handle it or I can get the help I need to handle it. That is the greatest gift that we can ever give our children. So when I teach my process of financial alchemy, which is uh, transforming your relationship with money as if money were a person, from an experience of money as like this monster of scarcity who tells you what you can't have, do, or be, that you aren't good enough, that, you, that, that everybody else can have it, but you can't because there's something wrong with you. These are really like common, deep, deep, deep beliefs that we have. Uh, to the experience of money being like that bad boyfriend who comes and goes, cheats on you, tells you that you aren't good enough and, and, and you feel trapped. You know, to the, instead, this, this person who loves you, thinks you're awesome, wants to play, wants to be with you always, and wants to save the world with you. Mm-hmm. So it's not a choice between love and money or doing good and money. That's not a choice to make, but is builds on love, builds on doing good, builds on the life that you want, and is your partner in it. So I know you say money boss, which I think is really good for that sense of ownership, but the dynamic that I'm going to be teaching is more of a partnership where money's not your fairy that goes off to rescue you, but is also not your house elf Mm -hmm. that just goes and runs and out and does errands and does all the, that lives your life for you. you. We want to strengthen you and evolve you and make you more powerful every day. So this is a six step process of transformation. I call it financial alchemy. Alchemy is the transmutation of lead into gold. And for our purposes, we're gonna transmute 
leaden human experience into gold, into spiritual and material gold. And the material gold is really, really important. Like everything that I'm saying would be worthless if I didn't have a gazillion real life, concrete, measurable client results in their own words. And you can find them at my website, MarkGonnaRay.com. Like never take anybody word for anything without looking for verification, you know, just put it out there because I'm going to be talking a lot about inner stuff. People call me magical, which I is fun and cool, especially since my mom named me Morgana, but I'm also, I was raised by lawyers and rocket scientists. So I don't want anybody stepping off the woo-woo cliff into nothingness, okay? Let's let's stay really grounded, especially since we're talking about money. And I'm, and the, I'm gonna be using a lot of imagination and visualization, but I, I, it's also, I'm also gonna be talking about neuroscience because mm-hmm. I want you to have real results, not just wishful thinking. And I think there's just way, way, way too much of that in my field. Um, so with, with, you know, by the way, if wishful thinking works for you, do whatever works. I'm totally practical that way. So, okay. So to create a change, we need to start with what isn't working. Mm-hmm. It's like going to the doctor, diagnosing and finding what the problem is. Instead of pretending everything is okay, we want to get really specific about why we aren't getting the results we want. So result pro, a lack of results can come from two places. What's going on on the inside and, and the actions you're taking on the outside. So I am sure that Anna gives you quality take action strategies all the time, dive into her shows, dive into her shows, learn the strategies, learn all the business models, learn the techniques, learn all the stuff, learn how to play the scales before you try to make music. That's, and when, if you're like I was, you're doing all the stuff right and you aren't getting the results you deserve or make sense, then we have to take a look at the being because your being will speak louder than anything you say. And if you are talking to a customer, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how skillful your words are. They hear what you're feeling, what you're believing, who you're being in that moment. Mm-hmm. No way around it. And, and this is true for money, love, health, whatever, if you are doing everything you're supposed to be doing and you're applying yourself and you aren't getting the results, it is in my experience of coaching almost 30 years and coaching thousands of people. And I've learned everything. Like I may have taken all these classes, gotten all these certifications, but in real honest truth, I only learned how to coach by coaching clients. Mm-hmm. My clients taught me what they needed and what works and what doesn't work. And what I have found is that If you're doing everything right and you aren't getting results, you are almost certainly protecting yourself from what you want and you don't even know you're doing it. So it's not your fault, Mm -hmm. but I want to make you aware so you can change it. So if you're trying to make money, but on some really, really deep rooted level, money feels dangerous. Money causes conflict. Money leaves you, causes pain. Money is the root of all evil, and you don't want to be evil. Then, (coughs) pardon me, you're going to have a lot of very good unconscious reasons to push money away, and your unconscious always wins because it never sleeps. So you make choices. You'll make poor choices. You'll give off vibes or whatever, or you'll attract drama and you don't know you're doing it. So one of one thing that a friend, uh, I once heard a friend say, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And responsibility is great because it gives you the ability to respond. 
So we start by finding out why. Why on earth would you protect yourself from money? And there's another twist. It's not what you think it is. So we can take a look at money drama. We can take a look at all the terrible things that are done in the world because of money or the terrible experiences you've had with money. And we can start there. But even that's just the symptom. And I know a lot of people love to say, change your money story, change your life. If it works for you, do it. Didn't work for me. That is not where I have ever, ever, ever found the solution. The root cause is what is underneath the money story, what is behind the money story. And it's always, always, always stuff around love, worth, and safety. Money is made up. It's fabricated. It's invented. We, it's a collective agreed upon delusion that one purse is worth $5 and another purse is worth $5,000 and they're just bags. Mm -hmm. But what is real is we value one more than another. You know, value, love, worth, safety. Mm -hmm. What is real is if you don't have money, you don't eat, you don't have a home, you don't get that life-saving health care. These are very, very real issues. So we want to go back in time to even before the money drama or what the money drama really means. And that's anything you've ever experienced that made you feel unloved, not good enough, and not safe. Especially the stuff that doesn't look like it has anything to do with money. If you've ever had an eating disorder, that is golden because what an eating disorder is, and I say that because I had one, mm -hmm. is that I'm not good enough to exist, so I'm going to exist less. Mm -hmm. I'm not lovable, I'm not acceptable, I'm not wanted, so I'm going to make myself less and less of me, and then maybe I'll be accepted. It's a death wish. It is a form of suicide. Eating disorders are the most dangerous psychological disorder there is. Car accident, abusive parents or spouse or kids who teased you or rejected you, teachers, business partners, failures, anything that has ever made you feel not good enough, not loved, not wanted, not safe. And you just follow where your heart goes, where the feeling is strongest. And it's like you're building a case against life. This is very useful. We're like taking off our positive thinking hat. You'll get it back, but it won't be a Band-Aid. It's like being a doctor. And what we want to do is we want to suck out the poison. Because mm -hmm. when we don't, it turns inward until it kills us. So we want to rip off the Band-Aid of affirmations, positive thinking, it's okay. And we want to just suck out all the poison. And that's what you're doing in step number one. Mm -hmm. Stuff about you personally, then things in the world that make you feel unsafe. Just until you have enough that it's like, yeah, <laughs> stop it. I don't want this anymore. And it's like you're, you've built a pile of everything that you don't want in your life experience. Just enough to be like, I'm through. Ew. This is horrible. This is intolerable. I don't want this. And then, and this is where we get weird. And for some of you, maybe you're thinking weird -er, <laughs> as if that's possible. Uh, this is what makes my process work. And it's that, that weird left turn. Mm -hmm is we're going to imagine that that root causes a person. Because what we want to do is get out of an intellectual exercise. You literally could spend the rest of your life reading negative beliefs about money and replacing them with positive ones or trying to and have no change at all. It's not an intellectual exercise. Change doesn't really happen with mindset unless the mindset is, is following the heart. Mm -hmm. 
Like think about all of our New Year's resolutions. Nobody in America would ever go on a diet again if a mindset really, really worked. It works until you see the cake. So we want to, we, the mind will always follow the heart. So we want to build up this horrible case against existence and it feels personal and it's targeted to you. And then we want to imagine that it's a person who made all this happen, an imaginary person Mm -hmm. who has it in for you. It's almost like he's been pulling the strings to get you to no longer want to exist. And now I want you to imagine that now he's looking at how to get after your kids Mm -hmm. so that you feel like a complete failure. And that should be motivation enough to get rid of this monster by any means necessary. Now, here's why, before I get on to that, because that's step number three, step number two is personifying the root cause, making it a person. This is really, really important because it doesn't feel real until it's a person. It's just thought and theory. Even money is kind of thought and theory unless our life depends on it in the moment. But it doesn't, it's not real. We can't banish money because we need it. But we can when our relationship with money has personhood, everything becomes more visible, everything becomes more real, everything makes sense for the first time. Because unconsciously it's a real relationship, unconsciously it's like a person who uses you or rejects you or does horrible things in the world. Every time we say, I can't afford it, money is the bad guy who says you can't have it or do it or be it anyway. So when we make it a person, it's already there. That person is already there in your subconscious. You just never saw it before. But once you, once you see this money as a person, I find it's most effective the more real it is. So like, male or female, how big is it? What does it smell like? What do the hands look like? What do the eyes look like? What does it whisper to you to make you feel bad? That kind of stuff. It's not your parents and it's not you. Those are the rules. It's Mm -hmm. all bad. Your parents gave you life. So no matter how you feel about them, Mm -hmm. it's, it's bigger. It's bigger than your parents. It's not you. Although sometimes it says things and whispers it into your ear in your own voice to make you think these are your own thoughts. Like the worst thing you've ever thought about yourself. We're going to say that that wasn't you. That was your monster. It's like a personification of your death wish. And for that reason, it, it has to, it has to be obliterated because when you look at that and you go, this is my relationship with money. Suddenly it makes perfect sense that you would want to protect yourself from this, that you wouldn't want to get all close and in its arms. It probably smells horrible. It's creepy. It hates you. There's, so there's a really good reason. If you look at every conflict, every disappointed, disappointment you have, that created the blueprint for your relationship with money because money is sort of a metaphor for our relationship with life because it affects everything in life all of our relationships, how we live, our spirituality, all of it is kind of defined and limited by money. So we want to really make it real so that we can reject what no longer we want to give space to in our life. Like everything that you don't want in your life experience, we put it into the monster And then we make a decision. Step number three, you don't get to be here anymore. And so step number three is you obliterate the monster by any means you can imagine. Because it is imagination. I say the bloodier, the better. I didn't start there, but I will tell you that in my experience, the clients who had the worst monsters and the most dramatic demise made the most money. Just saying. 
It's like you're building up all this energy. It's like a slingshot. And the farther you go, the more tension there is, the more power there is to your transformation from a neurological standpoint. Because I know, I promise neuroscience, and I know you're all waiting for that. Ooh, where's that piece? Who love neuroscience? Right. Okay, so here's how change happens. People talk about changing a habit takes 30 days or 20 days or whatever, which is exhausting and may or may not work, right? You get into a pattern and oh, you miss a day at the gym and now you have to start over. What really changes habits and patterns, and it takes no time at all, it happens instantly and it happens all the time. I, you know, it's, you have some kind of heightened experience. You take a new, you know, new way to work and you meet a cute guy who smiles at you and says, you're pretty and you're going to take that way to work forever. Right. You, you, um, take, you go to a hotel on vacation and there's a giant scary spider in your bathtub and you'll never go to that hotel again. And maybe, maybe never take a bath again. You know, it's just, we have like, in a, I'm, we have some sort of extreme experience, whether it's positive, that's gambling. Mm -hmm. Somebody had a good experience at some moment and it lit up all their dopamine and they're hooked and they want that again. And, or somebody had a really horrible experience and they're never going to do that again. And it just happens once because you just rewire your brain. So what we're doing is we're creating this really horrible experience around the money monster and everything we don't want. And, and I like to go, what does it smell like? How big is it? What does it feel like? What does it say? So I'm just talking about all these different neurological connections. How bad is it? Make it better. Make it really bad. And you're lighting up, waking up all your neurology. And then you just, and then we're scratching the record. Like you have this lifetime groove of scarcity. We're scratching the record. You're destroying the monster. And now we can lay down a new track. So the monster is gone. No bloody bits that can reconstitute into a new money monster zombie. Just gone, gone, gone. And that's when you get to meet your money honey, which feels like love. Also a person, human, pick the gender of your choice. You know, it really does. But just I, I find a lover archetype tends to work best because you can break your lover's heart because he or she is not your fairy who's going to, like, do it for you. It's not going to be Oprah. It's not going to be God because they're up here. It's like a lover who wants to be with you. And you can and you can totally push that person away and break his heart or you can light up his life. And that's that your money, honey, is going to show up as this like person, this really lovable person worthy of your deepest admiration. And I love it when it feels romantic. I love it when it feels sexy. It's really fun when a client says, I feel like I'm cheating on my spouse. Because here's, here's the secret. Your imaginary friend doesn't have a body, but your spouse does. <laughs> so you can take all that amorous energy to your spouse and your spouse will really appreciate it. And your money honey will like it too, because your money honey loving you wants you to be happy and wants you to have great relationship. And when, and it's safe, this person is safe and loves you really, really big deal. And you want the person not because it's money, it's not this like, I'm in a relationship with you because I want stuff, because that's not love. Uh -huh. You're in a relationship because this person is lovable and loves you and wants to create with you. And when you have met that imaginary person, when the monster is gone, it doesn't happen until the monster is all gone. No traces of the monster. Then it's like, who wants to come in? Ooh, nice. I especially like it when it's not maybe your usual type or who or what you would expect, you know, but it's going to be person and who loves you. And now you get to have a conversation. And this is really, really useful because now you get to look at your circumstances in all, its, all the drama, 
whatever it is. But you get to look at your circumstances through new eyes, through the eyes of your money, honey. I'd like to say cuddle up on the couch and take a look at what's going on and, and look at it through your eyes. And now look at it through the eyes of your money, honey, who does not have your hangups or your neurosis, looks at you as you really are, so much more resourceful, so much more powerful, so much more worthy than you have seen yourself before. And looks at the situation and isn't frightened by anything. And you start to see things differently. You start to see opportunities. Things that seemed unmanageable and overwhelming are like, okay, okay, I can see what this is and I can see what's possible now. And, and the overwhelming rule feeling is of this money wants to be with you. Money wants to be with you. But you have the body, so you have the power. A really good question to ask starting out, and you get to make up your questions and have conversations every day for the rest of your life. That's why I wrote a book to help you do that. Uh, is a really nice question to begin with is, what do you need from me so you can stay with me? Which is a very different question than what do you need from me so you can love me? Your money, honey, already loves you, already wants to stay with you, but you are the gatekeeper. So what does your money, honey, need so that he can or she can stay with you forever the way they want to? And now you have like a highway to your intuition. Because in my experience, the responses will come back faster and maybe it, for me, it comes back so quick and soft that I can pretend not to hear it. Um, another way to tune in is writing because then for, you know, some of us are auditory, some of us are visual, some of us are kinesthetic, meaning we feel things. Uh, so if you write it out, you feel it in your body and you see it. So I say just play with things and find what works best for you. But when you get your message from your money, honey, now you want to shift that into action. What concrete, measurable action, what is the first baby step that you're going to take with your body in the real world to let you know that this relationship with money has changed? And the action may look like it has nothing to do with money, but it's really, really important that you keep your commitment. I, I, I have lots of examples, but I'm going to talk about my client, Janet, up in Canada. When she, when we slayed our monster and she had her money, honey, her money, honey, wanted her to go out and take a walk, which does not look like it does anything. But that was, it was, they had a conversation. She threw out ideas and that was the one that lit him up. So I want you to go out and take a walk. And for a week, she didn't because she was so worried about money and doing all the things for her business that she was supposed to be doing and nothing changed. She wasn't getting clients. She finally went out, took that walk and picked up two new clients at more than she'd ever charged before. There's something about keeping your word. Like we, especially if we don't experience money as trustworthy, we need to start by trusting ourselves and keeping our word and making ourselves trustworthy because it goes back to it's your relationship with your money is a mirror of your relationship with yourself. Am I, am I love it, lovable? Am I worthy? Am I safe? And every time you keep your word, you feel more worthy. You feel more safe. You feel more lovable. So th those are the six steps is uh, uncover the root cause, personify the root cause as a money monster, annihilate the money monster by any means necessary, meet your money, honey, have a conversation with your money, honey, and take action. And I, so I have, you know, examples. I've had clients make hundreds of dollars, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And in one instant, over a million dollars within hours of shifting their relationship with money. I have this new theory 
it may be true or not. I really don't care, take it or leave it. But I had this idea last week because I was thinking it's so weird how when people shift on the inside, when I like to say change happens at the speed of safety. And when you're putting up the barriers, the armor, the walls to protect yourself from the monster that you don't know you're protecting yourself from, it's almost like, let's say money, money, money wants to be with you or love wants to be with you. Cause I've done this on, on relationship with love too. And it's so weird how, when the wall comes down, boom, it's like, there's so much and it's so much more than you expected. And so I came up with, this totally fabricated theory that maybe because it's been building up for so long that when you, when you bring the wall down, there's just a lot of like pent up demand to be with you that wasn't there before that finally has access to you. There's more. And that's, that's how I, right. That's how I explained the big results. And I know there's, I've always heard, um, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, uh, expecting different results, which is true to a degree. But I will say that in my own experience, I was doing the right stuff over and over again for years, and it wasn't working. And then I changed my relationship with money from a monster to a honey. And within 24 hours, four people hired me out of the blue for double what I'd ever charged before. And they kept coming and my life changed forever. And it wasn't that I was, that I did anything different in that moment over time. Yes, I do things very, very differently than I did before, mostly because I'm not motivated by protecting myself from a monster. But in the short term, I just sent out another email, didn't talk about this at all, but I've been sending out emails since November, 2002, right? And it was that this was March of 2003. It was, I was ready to like quit my electronic newsletter. I had been doing it for four months and nothing happened. Waste of time, Pareto principle, 80-20, this, was this, this wasn't getting me anything. And I sent out an email and boom, four people like contacted me the next day, ready to hire me, ready to pay more than I had charged before. And they kept coming and I've made millions of dollars since then, just having a communication with my money, honey. And what is an integrity for us? in service of how can we help people better. You talk about, um, at the beginning of our conversation, you talked a little bit about how parents in particular like are taught, like, like we as parents tolerate a lot of pain and we act as protectors for our kids. So if we're going through, through this work and doing this exercise, and I'm assuming preferably both partners, right? So that we-, we But both, separately. Right. Yeah. Um, how, how does that, I guess I'm trying like to envision that, how does that impact, what's the sort of lesson to the, to the generation, younger generation there? Connect. Well, first we, cause I, th I think I mentioned, like I learned all of my worst scarcity behaviors from my dad. I was following in his footsteps to a T even though intellectually knowing better, but I couldn't help it. So the biggest thing we can do is model mm -hmm. for our kids. Uh, and for, so start with you, like you have to put the oxygen mask on you first. Mm -hmm. I discovered, you know, just along the course of coaching that when I had a client who was a parent who was stuck and just wasn't able to kill their monster for whatever reason, I get a lot of, you know, spiritual, loving, even vegan clients, you know, so they're not bloody into battle, slay the monster types frequently. But I found if I shifted their attention to now the monster's going after your child. There was no resistance whatsoever to choosing to annihilate that monster. And that gave them so much energy and so much momentum 
Uh, when we start the process and we're starting with the victim experience, which I think is really important because victim experience gets a, gets really shamed and, and hidden and avoided, especially in my industry of personal development. And that's, uh, I think that that's not useful and that's not healthy to, to pretend it doesn't exist or to make people afraid of it because you've already been through it and you went it. So we want to make it useful. We want to, we want it. You, you paid the price of admission. So let's make it useful. Let's give it meaning. I think that our victim experiences are, are sacred and powerful or they wouldn't happen. They humanize us. They give us the humility and the empathy to respect the experience of other human beings. Otherwise we would be monsters ourselves. So we want to take that victim experience and use that as the fuel for our own empowerment. Uh, and victim experience tends to be kind of heavy. It can be kind of heavy, maybe a little damp, but it's that wrath of being the, the sacred, you know, warrior uh, who's going to protect our child has a more like fiery energy. So we also have a lot of taboo around anger. But anger is how we set boundaries and say, this is not okay. This is not allowed. So we want to use that too. And then when the monster is gone, there's no need for the anger anymore. So poof, it's gone. And now we're in this loving space. But it's that, it's, it's the, that parental love that really is going to be the fire that motivates you to make a change that's going to be real and it's going to last. I hear from clients decades after I've coached them and they're still on a roll and they're still talking to their money, honey, and their lives are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's my goal is not to give you a good feeling for 45 minutes or an hour and nothing change. I really, and, and, and you can do it Again, like you've got a great money, honey, your life is fantastic. And then a pandemic happens and oh crap, the world doesn't feel safe. We'll use that, create a new money monster. And you will feel even more connected with a bigger, better, richer, deeper money, honey on the other side. Now about kids and how to not, there are two ways to avoid breeding, you know, growing money monsters in our kids. By the way, they will have their own anyway, but it's great to give them tools to get rid of them. Yeah, but, you know, life is going to happen. They're going to have their own victim experiences because it's part of the human experience. Uh, but what I will recommend for you is, you know, obviously first they learn from who we are. And, and the more not afraid you are of your own experience and the more you love yourself and the more you know how to work with your life experience, the better. But the other thing is, um, and this is so practical, if you take away nothing at all, this is the easiest thing to implement immediately, is stop telling your children that you can't afford stuff. Just erase that from your vocabulary. Stop saying you can't afford it because every time you say that, you give your decision-making power, your authority, your responsibility and choice away from you and give it to your money. And that instantly makes him a monster. It makes him the bad guy instantly. So instead of saying that, flip it around to either it's not a financial priority for me at this time, because you can only speak for yourself. So if your kid wants the toy, I love you. This is and, and, and how can we make that happen? Let's set a budget. Let's set a plan for how you can buy this thing yourself. Make it a game. Make it fun. Teach your children that they can have anything they want. If they create a budget and a plan and they take action. If they want it, great. How do we make this happen? Let's create a budget, a plan, and take action. So much more empowering than saying, uh, I wish we could, but I can't afford it. Because what you're trying to say to your kid is, I love you, and I would if I could. But you don't want to equate money with love. Mm -hmm. Especially love that says, no, you can't have it. You're not, you know? So 
for yourself when you make choices. Train yourself to say, it's not my priority right now, which by the way, opens the door for if it is a priority later, then maybe you can do it later. But if your priority is rent and food and health insurance, then that thing may not be your priority right now. And that's totally legitimate. That's totally legitimate. And teach that to your child too, to not say I can't afford it. It's either not a priority or we're going to make a budget, a plan and take action. I love that. And that feeds into what I get to work with them, that, that budget, that plan, and then help them take action. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's how we connect those things. Um, thank you so much for your time today. I know you mentioned at the beginning, um, your, your six step process. Actually, there's a, there's a book, um, that you mentioned and then a workbook, I think. So I'd love for our listeners. <laughs> yes. I'd like this is listeners. my book. I created a book that's a hybrid of book and workbook because uh-huh. I, thought about what did what would I want and need and I didn't need another book filled with great information that inspires me in the moment that I put down and don't pick up again and I had spent years developing this system of actions for my daily actions myself and my own like workbook record keeping and then I and then I put it into a book and I published it and that's it's the doing that create it's the being and the doing the being plus the doing that creates the results uh this book workbook is was a number one mover and shaker in all categories on Amazon in the U.S. number one in the U.K. Canada Germany Italy France um it is my way of giving people access to transformation without having to coach everybody in the world individually. I want you to have results and I want more of you to have results than I can actually coach myself. Do one-on-one. Yes. I'd love it. I'd love to um, link it in in the show notes. So um, can you tell everybody what the title is of the book? Oh, yes. I'm sorry, because I forgot we are on audio and I'm playing to the camera because I live in Los Angeles. I'm so funny. I'm sorry. (laughs) The title is Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation. And since you're listening, you totally missed how expertly I was holding the book up by my face as if it were a box of cereal from taking a commercial class 30 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) We may may share that part of the video, but yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the title, Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Morgana. And also, how would you like the folks who want to learn more, do more, be more, connect with you? Oh, great question. MorganaRay.com is the mothership, which is my name, one word with a dot com at the end. Uh, I have a quiz there. It's my money love quiz. That is the best place to start it, it, to find out where you are and based on your score. And it's easy. It's not painful. It's not judgmental. It, it's just where you are on your journey because we're all on the same journey. Total financial freedom to focus on love, lifestyle, and legacy. We're all on that journey together. And wherever you are, based on that, I will write back to you with recommendations for here's what I think you should do next. And I will offer free options and I'll offer cheap options. And and in rare occasions, you know, maybe something else. Uh, but it's, you know, the choice is always, always up to you. You can certainly find out how to hire me at MorganaRay.com. But I always think start with just finding out where you are on your journey with the money love quiz and what is the easiest next step to create the life you want. This is perfect, perfect segue into everything that we just talked about in this episode. So I'm excited to dive into all the materials and I'll share it with the audience as well. And again, can I thank you enough for your time and contribution today? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anna. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else 
you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. Uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.